Cigars in the City. All right, there you go. Cigars in the City podcast. We're back. I'm sitting here with a very special guest of mine. Good friend of mine as well. Uh, His brother was very helpful in my transition from uh, Arizona now to New York. Um, We're going to be talking about a lot of things today. I want to introduce my brother, Chase Parker. Thank you, brother. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm glad to have you. Glad to have you, man. So um, we'll, we're going to jump around a little bit, but we're going to start from the intro to uh, me and you. Our, okay. Our introduction. So I come to New York, you know, uh, one of the homies, Rich, he puts me on to Chase and tells me all these amazing things that Chase does. So Chase, the first thing he looks at me and he says, he probably don't even remember this. First thing he does, he looks at me and he says, what do you do? <laughs> that's typical New York, though. And I was just about to say that that's been a over, um, an underlying theme in every co- a lot of conversations that yeah. I get into into New York, which because is everyone's here doing something. Which I now that I think back about it, because I kind of get so annoyed when people when I meet people in the city and they're like, "Oh, like what do you do?" And it's like, "Well, let's just have a genuine conversation before." Like, you try to, like, judge me in, in terms of, like, oh, like, is this something, can I benefit from something from this person or something like that? So I'm tr- I've am i tried to, like, stray away from, like, the what do you do question, but it is kind of common. It's like, you know, everybody seems to be doing something, so it's common to ask. So now, since this is now my platform, yes. I'm going to ask you, James, <laughs> what do you do? Um... I I personally don't like to put a lot of titles on myself. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I'm this, I'm this, I'm that. Um, uh, for, uh, formally, I work in the media industry, um, but outside of my nine to five job, I write and direct films. Okay. So, um, when you talk about films, um, let's, let's start now with the infancy of that. Education-wise, like, Where'd you go to school? Um, I, I went to um, I went to the University of Buffalo, um, which I think last year we beat ASU in the no, tournament. No, 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 no. Either two, two, y'all beat U of A. No, it was I think it was oh, no, 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 I think it, it did, was ASU. U of A two years ago, and then and uh, then we beat ASU last year. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut, cut, edit, that, edit that out. Edit that shit out. Um. I went to the University of Buffalo, um, and while I was there, like I didn't really have an idea of what exactly I wanted to do career-wise. I knew I was always interested in um, like media, uh, but I didn't know what aspect of media I wanted to get into. So I was kind of just all over the place. Like I didn't go to film school or anything like that. I didn't take a film program. Um, I kind of just went with whatever I was interested in. It was, really wasn't until like my senior year when I really started to grow like a deep interest in t- in film and then that's when I started to like pursue it so um but really my my interest in film kind of dates back to when I was a kid um this was like right after my mom and dad had split up I was like maybe five or six old um, yeah, we can go back if you really yeah, want to go back. Yeah, we can yeah. go. I mean, you, we can take it way back. You, you taking the questions, but I'm let, I'm letting it ride. Um, so when I was a, when I was younger, me and my sister, I grew up in the Bronx. Um, I'm the second half of a twin. I have a twin sister. I never knew um, that. Yeah, that's so, information to me. Um, and when I was a kid, um, my parents were together, 
and unfortunately they had divorced. So I had to go through the whole like court system and stuff like that, like having to go to family court. And during the week I would stay with my mom and then on the weekends I would be with my, my father. And whenever I spend time with my dad, it was always like just either chilling the house or like we go out um, like playing sports and stuff like that. But when we were home, like he would always put on movies. Like we were always watching movies. Um, and like my dad was really big into sci-fi. Like he loved Star Wars, he loved Star Trek. So I used to watch a lot of that when I was a kid. Um, we used to watch a lot of like James Cameron movies like Terminator, Aliens, um, because that kind of went within the sci-fi realm. So uh, I kind of like grew up on like James Cameron in a sense as a director. Um, like I grew up on his movies because that's what, he, what my dad would, would play when I was a kid. So. The interest was always there, and I never really understood it because as a kid, like, I just saw movies. And as I got older, um, I grew more of an interest in, like, just films in general, like, seeing more films. And then when I was in high school, I did a, a mentorship program with um, HBO. Okay. And I still speak to my mentor to this day, which is, like, crazy um, how I still, like, speak to him, see him. Um, but he worked at HBO. He worked in documentaries, and when I would go see him, like he would do the same thing. Like we go see movies, and I was seeing more movies. And then whenever I went to visit him in his office, like I would just see like things in the office. Like I, I remember the first time I was passing down the hall, and I saw an edit bay, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, so this is like how they make films." Like, and my interest grew even more until I got into college, where I was like, "Okay." Like, I know I kind of want to, like, be in this industry, but, like, I don't really know what I want to... You don't really I know wanna... how to get yeah, into it even... or how, to, how, does that, how does that develop into things? And I think, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of aspiring people who enjoy film, have that question about the movie industry. Like, well, what do you, like, after, okay, so after mm -hmm. college, what do you do? You take an internship somewhere? What do you, what do, you, you do to could. get you in, or do you, or do you just, you know, start? Um, I, I just started. Like, I knew I had an interest in how films were made and that led to my interest in like directing. Um, I had no experience going into it. I had no experience of writing, but I knew I, I knew that I wanted to tell stories. So well, what element of it were you passionate about first? Because directing. They're, they're, they're two different. I mean, there's directing, there's mm -hmm. writing, there's, um, you can, acting. There's so many, there's so many aspects to, to put in a film together, but I was more interested in like directing. Right. Um, and I didn't know how to direct actors. I didn't know how to um, articulate my vision when I first started, but I knew I had a passion. I think when it comes to like the growth of your whatever industry you want to get into, for me, it, I think it's always an interest, and that interest turns into a passion, that passion turns into a goal or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, So ultimately, in the beginning, it was just an interest, and then the more and more I did it, it became a passion, and now it's more of like a goal, you know what I mean? Or a dream and then a goal. Um, so in terms of like starting out, it, first you should define like where, what aspect do you wanna be a part of? Do you wanna be in front of the camera? Do you wanna be behind the camera? 
Um, well, yeah, because it's very broad. Yeah, it's a, say, super broad. In film. Yeah, it's a very broad statement. It's you know, let's try to narrow that down to specific areas mm. of what you're trying to do. Yes. Or a lot of times, sometimes, like anything, it's mastering one aspect of it and then can moving to the other one because. Um, you know, in the last podcast I had, I was speaking to a um, to Lo. You were here for that. Yes. Where we talked about we were talking about how um, as you get older, you create new goals for yourself. So mm-hmm. as you get better at one aspect and you want to create new challenges for yourself, um, it sometimes it's time to transition. Yeah. So in that in that aspect, let's let's go back. So you're in college. Um, mm-hmm. You're no, you you're in media, but now you decide you want to get into some form of film. Um, where does where does it start? Where does it begin? It started. Um, there was a friend of mine. His name was Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, good friend of mine. He wanted to be an actor, and he would always talk about like once he's out of school, like he's gonna start acting, and and I was like, well, you know, I I kind of want to get into film or whatever. Maybe I think I want to like write or I think I want to direct. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well shit like if you write something like put me in it and i was like all right cool like that's literally how it started like uh me and my friend brandon we had a conversation he told me he wanted to act and i told him i had an interest in getting into film and from there and luckily enough he was from new york city as well um so right after school like i hit him up and i was like listen i wrote something it's not the best like just let me know and he's like, yo, bro, I told you, whatever you write, I'm in it. So he was actually um, the actor in my first film, my yeah. first short film. What was the name of your first short film? My first short film was called City Kids, and that shit took me two years to fucking make, literally two years to make, because I had no, again, like I'm going to this like blind with no, with like the utmost naivety, naivety, naivety? Na- I was naive to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was naive to it. Um, with no experience of anything, no knowledge. So with everything, it was kind of just learn as I go. Um, and I had a lot of people be interested in it, want to be a part of it. I had people drop off. Um, I've had footage lost. Um, I've had to reshoot scenes because... Either Should the lighting, corrupted yeah, the some lighting shit like that, man. Cheap equipment. Sound was bad. Yeah. Um, I've had actors like we've shoot, ha- we sh- literally shot half the movie, and I had one actor like just say they didn't want to fuck with it no more. So we had to go back and shoot, reshoot their scenes. Then that was that was just the production part part of it. We didn't even talk about the uh, post production part, the editing. Like around that time. I had just moved out of my mom's place and like I was getting myself on my feet. I lost my job and like basically lost like had barely had any money to pay like my bills, pay my rent, anything like that. So I was like deep in the shit. So I had to like put it on pause for a little bit just to get myself back up, you know, and get a job and all that stuff. So it was rough. And then uh, I I can identify with that struggle. It was, any, well, any, bro. Any, any creative out here that's trying to not only do something, but also fund it yourself. It um, is hard. And get help where you can and not 
have the ability a lot of times to fork over bread to pay people to do specific things. I think any any creative that's doing that can identify with that type of struggle and all that goes into it and the fight and time that it takes to put into it because you're now you're on your own. Yeah. You you doing this by yourself, you know, you you you're grinding, but you're grinding with no budget. Zero. <laughs> Zero budget. So you now know. everything is on the strength. So now not only are you not only are you asking people to do stuff, you're also waiting to receive things yeah. in a time where you're working on somebody else's time because they're doing this for free or they're doing this out mm-hmm. of strength. So, like, it, it's hard. So, now, City Kids, how, how long was the actual short film? It was about 20 minutes long. 20 minutes long. Um, originally, I wanted it to be 30, but I think we cut it down. This is back in, like, 2015. Oh, wow. So I'm still trying to, like, remember all the stuff that we did back in those times. But originally I had wanted it to be 30 minutes. And um, after speaking with the editor for a while, he was like, nah, like, because I had an interest in putting it into a uh, film festival. Right. So that's kind of how, like, when we can get into that as well. But that's kind of how, like, indie filmmakers and new time, first-time filmmakers kind of get noticed is really through film festivals. Um, but... He had mentioned that if you know if it's twenty minutes, like most most of the time, film festivals festivals would take it. So we cut it down, and then yeah, that just think about that whole experience. Like it was probably the worst experience for me, but like the best because it taught me so much um, about how a film is made, the level of like fucking just internal strength that you need to like withstand like all the shit that's thrown at you it's just so with, with that you're when you're making film I'm assuming you're studying mm-hmm. um, other directors and other people um, in the industry that you kind of look up to mm-hmm. in that sense so when you're going into the production of this like what were what were some of the films that you were watching at the time um with city kids my first film yeah. um Definitely. Yeah, I remember 2015, but what was he, what was out? What was, 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 yeah, he's been like my like just from a young director's um, standpoint. Like he's been like my biggest inspiration. Like I swear to God, like I thought I was gonna be him. Like if you go back, cause I fo- I followed Ryan when he was doing his shorts, right. um, and he had a short film called Fig, which was in the American Black Film Festival, and like it wanted. Like I've been following him, and like to see him transition from doing short films to like doing feature films to doing big budget films like I thought that was gonna be me I'm like listen I'm gonna do three shorts and then I'm gonna be in this industry I'm gonna be popping and then like once I did my first and that shit took forever I was like okay this is gonna be there's there's a different path for me yeah this is a process I mean everybody's everybody's journey is different everybody's journey is different and you know I, I've learned that you can't Unfortunately, you can't 
base what your truth is on what someone else's is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even, because you may meet at the same place at one day. You guys may be 50 years old, same year or whatever, and like, yo, remember when you did this? And like, now you guys, shit. Yeah. What'd Jay say? Uh, what do he say? Uh, now, dog, now you where I am? Yeah. What he, that's what he said to yeah. Kanye. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, in due time, every, everything comes um, on its own time. So, yeah. So with that, um, so Fruitville is out at that time. You know, that's kind of providing some form of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the concept behind City Kids? The, so when I was in college, um, I took a film class, and we had watched the Spanish film. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, it was like in Spanish. So the film was based... <laughs> It was literally the whole film was in Spanish and the title was Spanish, oh, and some all subtitles and shit. But the film's concept was these three lives, and how they were all affected by this one car crash, and I was like, damn, like that's so dope, like how they inter like so inter. Crash. No crashes, crashes. The movie is that's different. That's just like trying to show different lives. Um, and how it's affected by racism and shit like that. This movie was like one car crash and like three three people. Um, So it was similar to that. Um, It was about the lives of three individuals. One was, it was two, one woman, two guys, um, and it was based on a robbery, like how their lives were affected based on on a robbery. So... It was cool. It was a good concept um, at the time. I wrote it myself, um, and again with no concept of how to write at the time, and uh, I was just moving. Like I literally, like that's literally been my my um, trajectory this entire time. Is like most of the things that I do is because like I'm not a perfectionist at, by any means. I'm not this person that's just like, oh no, it's got to be right. Like. I'm like, let's just do it, and in the process, what can we learn? How can I get better at it? Um, and what can I use for the next project? Like, that's always been my... Well, I think that's important because it shows growth, and as long as it, it's continued improvement going forward, you, I feel like you should look at your previous work as, okay, I just need, I need to be better than that. Yeah. And then better than that, and then better than that. I think that people, a lot of times, they end up not putting out material by withholding things and trying to make it so that it is perfect. Mm. Um, we constantly do a re-edit and re-edit and re-edit and re-edit of all these different things instead of just put the shit out. Put, put it out. out. Let, the, let the people, um, let them react to it. Let you see your own individual critiques of mm-hmm. it and improve on what the next project is. But creating a creating almost a legacy. You're creating yeah. a legacy by putting out work. This is where I was in 2010. This is where I where was I am in 2015. Now. This is where I am in 2020. Yeah. As opposed to like you're trying to put your perfect project together every single time. Yeah, and I think I think that's um, kind of the beauty of being a creative that most creators or artists don't really like focus on. Like I think people are people like to see your journey. Right. You know, people enjoy that. Um, people like to see when you were making shitty videos and then yeah, to like, now making, like... You couldn't appreciate hand 
wagon Drake. Yeah. Uh, you could appreciate that dude in 2010. You can't. I mean, you could appreciate that now in 2020 because mm-hmm. now you remember. You've seen where it came. Exactly. From. You've seen Thank Me Later. You've seen where all these things came from. You've seen the individual. You've seen his now, growth. People always don't transition or grow in the way that others want them to. Exactly. But I mean, it's still dope to see the transition. And I think that's why, like, if you look in music, for example, like, I think that's why people have an appreciation for artists that, like, you heard their mixtapes and stuff like that, and then as they progress now, they're, like, this big artist, as opposed to, like, these artists that kind of just pop out of nowhere, and everybody's just like, well, whoa, they're good, but, like, where did they come from? what we call industry plants. The industry plants, you Um, know what I mean? So, you, so I want to piggyback off that. So, um... Is it like that in film, where people see the growth from these short films that may end up at uh, whatever film festival, mm-hmm. Sundance or whatever film festival, and then you see them develop into uh, great, because I'm not familiar, do you see them develop into these blockbuster directors over the course of time? Because like you said, you, you had an example about Ryan, but mm-hmm. what about, are there any other, can you name any other directors or anybody like that that may have had those same you know, stairs to the top? Uh, I mean, pretty much, I don't want to say every director, but, like, um, the majority of the directors who are either directing films or directing television, mm-hmm. um, because there's so many avenues. There's television, there's film, there's commercials, music videos, all that stuff. Um, I would say, like, everybody sort of had their come up. Like, nobody's really just been handed the keys like here here's a you know 50 million dollar budget to you know direct the next you know x-men or something like that to be like an industry plant you can't really be an industry plant i mean maybe for even as an actor like you still have to have to pay your dues in a sense you know like you have to do the the short films you got to do the no budget films you have to build your reel um the good thing about the only way, only people that I've seen have done that acting wise are people who have celebrity coming in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have, you know, if you're a basketball player or, a, you know, you can exactly. go to a major film and, you know, may parlay that into more major films or like wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like wrestlers have been the new thing. Like you got The Rock, where he's. You got John Cena, John yeah. John Cena's using the new Fast and Furious. Yeah, like, because they already have the clout from what they're doing and even like artists, musicians, yeah. and stuff. Um, but for someone who's literally just coming off the street, like you yeah. really have to um, pay your yeah. And I think in this day and age, like obviously with the success of like social media stars and stuff like that, people have kind of lost that idea or like that concept of like putting your head down and really just grinding as hard as you can, and then coming up to whatever it is you want to do, like paying your dues in the industry. You know what I mean? It's funny that you bring that up, and I brought that up intentionally because I'm going to transition into another personal conversation that me and you were having. Um, So for those that don't know, uh, the trailer to Cigars in the City, Chase shot that. Um, uh, Very good job. So that night, we were also having uh, cigars, and we were having a discussion, and Chase was vetting someone about their sincerity about the industry in which they wanted to get in. Now, we're not going to say who this person is mm-hmm. or anything like that, but I, I really 
took from that your passion about what you do and what you're involved in because you were basically telling her like yo are you serious about this is this something that you want to do is this something real and you know she kind of got offended a Mm -hmm. little bit but speak to that a little bit and how serious you take your craft and how serious the expectation is for others to have that same seriousness about their craft as well um i mean the reason why I take my craft so seriously is because I've put in my hours and I'm at the point of my career or my life where it's like, there's no turning back. It's like all in or nothing or go home. And I know, especially for actors, like you'll, you'll always hear somebody saying, well, you know, I do a little acting on the side or, um, you know, I'm trying to do this to like earn some extra cash or whatever. But, I know actors who are like hustling. And when I say hustling, like hustling out there doing web series, out there doing plays, like really trying to make a name for themselves. And for someone to just see it as like a side hustle or to see it as a a way to make extra cash, to me that's just a disrespect to the to the craft. Right. You know, and the reason why I say take it so passionately Uh, the reason why I have so much passion in it or the reason why I tell people to really take it seriously is because at the end of the day, I don't want to give a disrespect to the craft. You know, it's, it's like me saying, you know, Oh, you know, I'm, I just want to rap just, you know, kind of do it on the side. Like that's a disrespect to the art form of hip hop, you know, like people put, put the, like there's people out there hustling, putting out mixtapes, doing shows and stuff like that. And for me, to have, you know, to think like I can just come in and do it with no effort and just think that I'm gonna make money on a side or do it as like a side project, side hustle kind of thing. That's just a disrespect to the the art. And personally, as an artist myself, like I never wanna ever give any disrespect or give a bad taste in another art form's mouth. No, I that's know. weird. That sounded weird, but but like you get what I'm saying. Like I, I like I always want to I always want to show respect to the art form. I always want to show respect to the craft. So if you're not gonna take it that serious, like don't do it at all. You know. So the reason why we were having that conversation before with the individual was because personally, I felt like it was more about trying to do it as like like just having another label like I'm an actor, I'm a model, I'm a this, I'm a that and it's like no, like that's why I told you in the beginning, like I don't try to have like all of these labels because it's just this is what I do, like this is my art form, you know, film is my art form. And to try to put another label as like entrepreneur or whatever, like yeah, I may do a little bit of that, but like this is this is my art form. You know, like, this is what I consider myself. Right. So when people say, like, oh, yeah, I'm a model, or I'm I'm a model, I'm an actress, I'm an entrepreneur, it's like, well, okay, well, what's your passion? Like, what are you really focused on? You know, what are you really giving your 100% effort to? Right. So that's the reason. And I, you know, went on, like, a crazy rant that no, day. No, 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 no. Fair enough, fair enough. But that, that was just a, something that I want to touch on for people out there because I think a lot of people go through that where they're involved in multiple things and they can't, they're just doing it just to do it, you know. And, I mean, and on the other side, the flip side of the coin too, there's nothing wrong with doing that. 
as long as the the goal is to find out what exact what lane you want to go in. Right. Like I get it. Like we're all young. We're trying to figure things out. You know, some of us get into multiple things because we just want to figure out which one are we the most interested in. Right. And if that's the goal, and if that's the the point of why you're doing it, like I'm all for it. But like, don't just go around doing things just to do things with no like passion. Right. You know, so. Um, work now. So, right now, and you know, dude got the nine to five. Mm-hmm. Job, you know, got it happens. Um, what are you working on individually right now? Uh, I just wrapped up a short, another short film. Um, it's called Playground. It's a dark comedy about a married couple, sort of on the brink of divorce, mm-hmm. and um, they decide to spice things up by joining a swingers club. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm, like, I just have, like, a really weird outlook on, like, life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm always interested in topics or, like, things that most of us would consider taboo. You know, like, for a black couple to have an interest in, like, being swingers, like, that's unusual and obscure in the black community. And I'm really trying to become that storyteller that gives a side that most of us will never ever talk about, right. you know, or like, or kind of feel uncomfortable with talking about, especially like conversations about around like sex and relationships. You know, when we think of like sexual exploration, I guess you could say, like we only think about things that happen between two people, like, you know, trying new positions in the bedroom or like, um, you know, role playing and stuff like that. But there's like a whole other world of like sex, you know, like people do things that are just completely out of the norm. And I think sometimes it's cool to like bring those aspects of like sex to the forefront. Right. And I'm, I'm not here trying to normalize it, but like at the same time, there are people out there who do it. Yeah. So you want to show Yeah. You yeah I want to showcase it. So. Yeah. Uh, that's what the film is about. Um, we're actually almost done. Uh, we're just adding like the credits and stuff. Um, we're gonna. Is this one gonna be about twenty minutes? 20 this is yes, yeah, so within the twenty minute realm. Okay. Uh, we are gonna be premiering it. I don't know where, but soon. Okay. So. Uh, Hopefully, I get the invite. You will get an invitation. Yeah, yeah, you I'll guys will get an invitation as well. I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, um, what? So. With that said, what's what's next? Uh that's a that's a that's a pretty loaded question. Well, uh, but it's a broad question. It so. is a broad, but are there any other art forms, any other items that we plan on getting into going into twenty twenty? You're doing the short films now. Mm-hmm. Um, is TV potentially in the works? Other elements. Um, my goal, hopefully, within the next, uh, I guess, like six to eight months, maybe even a year, mm-hmm. is uh, definitely want to get my feature-length script. Uh, so if you guys don't know, like, there's short film and then there's feature-length. Short is, like, anything under 45 minutes, and I think 60 minutes to 45 minutes of feature is anything above 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. So uh, I've been writing this feature for a while. Um, so the goal really is to get funding behind that and, and, and shoot that. 
Um, and also just educating myself more. Um, like I'm constantly on like YouTube, Google, like just trying to learn as much as I can. If you think about it, like think about how many people are on social media or like on YouTube or on like, just think about how much like hours and hours of content you consume just to entertain yourself. Just think about it, like how much content you use to entertain yourself. Yeah, I mean, um, I would say majority. A majority of the stuff you watch is like to make, you know, so yeah, if you really want to get better at your craft, you got to start switching your mind frame and start using it for education. You know, you can go on YouTube and type in how to make money in the stock market and you can watch hours and hours of content on how to properly invest in the stock market. Or if you want to, you know, get into real estate, you can watch hours and hours of content on how to get into real estate, how to invest your money. But most people get on YouTube and watch Breakfast Club. No disrespect to the Breakfast Club, but... Hey, man, I'm an interviewer. No, you got... But if you're watching it for an educational reason, like I watch films not only for an entertainment, not only entertain myself, but I also watch, like, how was this set up like right. well, how is this light you know the lighting on this i've watched like hours and hours of content of like you know bts footage from like big name films i've watched hours and hours of content from like commentary from the directors and stuff like that just right. to continue That's to important. educate myself you know what i mean so i think especially for like artists i think the biggest thing that most artists don't do is like consistently and continuously educate themselves and the information is right there right it's right there on online continued education is important i think in any field that you get into just because you can always be better yeah um, you can always improve there are going to be elements until you you die that you can improve at whether that i mean it, but that's just life in general that to make it even broader like you want to improve as a person every day so why do why do you why don't you think you can improve as an artist or yeah in that sense so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I watch a lot of interviews personally. I was just telling you guys coming into here that I was watching the Joe Budden Big Sean interview on my way in, and I thought that that was amazing, and it showed Joe's um, growth as a interviewer. And, yeah, like, you know, he's definitely, like, become – I think that was, like, his thing, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, I always, feel like, I always feel like everybody has their thing, but sometimes you just may be in the wrong lane. Like, Joe yeah. was doing the rapping thing. And, like, I remember when Joe was doing them little, like, YouTube videos with him and Tahiri. Yeah, Joe Budden TV. Joe Budden TV and stuff like that. So I always kind of, not that I don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, I already, always knew, but, like, it made he, sense. yeah, it made he sense. Was, he, he, it made so much sense. His transition was easy, but he was early on to that. Um, oh, yeah, we're, we're good. So we got... Short film coming out. Soon. Yes. We got more work, mm-hmm. directorial work, and yes. improvement coming as well. Very um, true. For those that don't know, Chase is one of the co-producers of this podcast as well, so he shoots this and everything that we see and in part because of him. So he's <laughs> definitely a part of this, this, uh, this in the making too. Um, see this beautiful backdrop. Oh, Everybody. it looks so wonderful. Beautiful day. Beautiful day out here in New York City. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so that, we got that coming. Um, 
All right, so we're getting to, you know, a couple of my favorite parts of the podcast. Yes. So you were able to see this last time, so I know, I hope you're prepared. So we'd, um, we have a segment called Top 5. Okay. So Top 5 is the segment in which um, we give you a list. I mean, well, you have to give me a list of your Top 5. Mm-hmm. So um, I got one more question, though. Uh, so I was just recently watching the... Bafta. It's a film Bafta. 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 British. Yes. British. And Jaqueen. 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 Jaqueen Phoenix. Uh, Joker. They call him Joaquin, but it's Joaquin. it's really Joaquin. Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so he he spoke to the um, the discourse mm-hmm. in film and minorities and the recognition that they are receiving in there. And I thought he really spoke from the heart. I thought it was an amazing speech mm-hmm. um, when receiving the award for that. Do you, is there any trepidation um, getting into the film industry um, with stuff like that? Does that worry you? I mean, does it bother you? Uh, I think... As a black man. If you asked me this like two years ago, yes, I would have said. But I think now the dynamic is changing. Um, I think more opportunities for black filmmakers and black cinema um, is increasing. But I, I, from his speech, I, I do feel like, in a sense, Hollywood is kind of telling us we're not welcomed. Um, and you have to think about it. It starts from the top. You know, these executives of, of all of these major studios, major networks are all white men. And their take on black culture is completely different from the way we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so to think that Idris Elba can play Superman is, uncall- is unheard of in their eyes because they see Superman as like Chris Himesworth or somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they can't fathom seeing a black woman be, you know, James Bond. So you're fighting that, you know, you're fighting that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to show people that, um, you know, our content can make just as much of a splash as, you know, content that's for white people. Do you think it's even different, like, in terms of, like, recognition, though? Because even, so I watch a lot of, you know, we watch these award shows sometimes, and I think they speak to a, a different audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend that I work with, and he's really into a lot of the films that come out. Shout out to Parasite, which was a my, minority film and won a lot of awards. Shot in uh, Korea shot. with Korean actors, Korean cast, uh, Korean crew, amazing, everything. Amazing, amazing film. Um, I thought it was very good, um, and I felt like that was that was a sign of diversity coming coming to the forefront. Now, do you feel like that's going to be a continuing thing? Because I've noticed it's one thing for Black Panther, which did amazing mm-hmm. on um, socially, did amazing, uh, broke records financially and all of that, but the acknowledgement of it. So we don't see the big build blockbuster movies. They don't get acknowledged. There's no, like, there's no Academy Award for those films. Like, I mean, if they win something, it's usually in, like, sound. Well, like, it's I, not acknowledged, like, on that platform. Well, I, I've you, always, I, I feel like the Academy Awards, 
they have, I mean, again, I'm not part of the Academy. This is just from what I've seen uh, watching the awards, you know, for the past almost 10 years now. Well, let me narrow um, the question. Do you think that um, black film in general can be accepted in that room? I think... Because it's not necessarily something they can identify with, which was interesting with Parasite winning awards to me. It um, is interesting. Um, because I... I, I, mean, I, I think it's very hard because when the, whenever these award shows come up, it's a group of individuals voting. Right. So like each year, um, and especially somebody who works in media, so each year once award season co- comes around, right, mm-hmm. people put in... Like, say, for example, you have a film, mm-hmm. you'll put it into the Academy, you'll submit it to the Academy for consideration. So, like, everybody who is in the, in the Academy, which is made up of, like, I think over 300 people, mostly white men, they all get a ballot. And it says, listen, this is everybody who submitted for, um, and you submit by category. So, best film, best editing, and sound, all that stuff. These are all the people that submitted for sound. These are all the people that submitted for director. And you, as I guess someone in the academy, you'll either take the time to go see the films or whatever that have submitted or you go based on like what you've already seen or like just based on like all who you already know. So if you see if you're like an old man and you see Spike Lee, you see Antoine Fuqua, and you see two other new directors come in, you're most likely, and you haven't seen anything, most likely you're probably going to vote for like Spike Lee because it's just, oh, I know this name. Right. Um, so ballots come out, people vote, and the people who are voting are all white men. It's kind of hard to like, you know what I mean? Like, It's hard to have. You have to look at... Yeah, like you have to look at things from the top and you have to look at things structurally. It's not necessarily that you can, we, I mean, we can obviously make the, the the argument that there is like a certain bias and there's a certain racism in Hollywood, but that's only because structurally this is how it's set up. You know what I mean? Like the ballots, when the ballots are sent out, the majority of the people who are voting are all white men. So if you diversify the academy, then yeah, you can have more diversity in terms of like who's being picked, who's being voted for. You know, if you have a if you have diversity in the studio, if the studio head is someone of color, that's different. They may be willing to give more opportunity to black filmmakers, to Hispanic filmmakers, to Asian filmmakers. If the head of the network if their board is, you know, diverse, then yeah, of course they'll be more willing to. So structurally, it's not necessarily just, you know, one aspect. You can't just look at the awards and be like, okay, the awards needs to nominate more black people. It's like, well, in order to do that, you have to diversify the people who are voting. You can't sit here and say, well, um, you know, you know, this network, I don't want to say any names, but like this network only puts out white shows, it's like, well, you have to diversify the people who are choosing, who are in the programming and who are the head of the network to approve or to tell people, like, listen, like, there's power in, you know, 
black media, there's power in black cinema, there's power in Hispanic cinema. So you know what I mean? It starts from the top. So that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah, how you I'm change glad, it. I'm glad we were able to touch on that because that's definitely something that I wanted to ask you about. Um, but let's move into the top five. So top five segment. So we we, we all talk, always talk about influencers and people who have had, uh, you know, they've just done a lot for our psyche as artists and, and have helped us get to the place where we are. Mm-hmm. So who would be your top five? Well, I'm going to give you two. You got to give me your top five actors. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're going to make it narrower. Top five black actors. Oh, gosh. And then we're going to get your top five directors. Black directors or just directors? Just directors. Okay. Uh, top five actors. Uh, definitely have to put, and then this is in no particular order, um, definitely have to put Denzel in there. Of course. Um, just his reign in his career. That. Definitely got to put Samuel Jackson because he's done the most. I think he's done the most films. He's been in the most films as an actor. Really? Um, I think that's that's an actual statistic. Okay. Uh, gotta give Don Cheadle. I love Don Cheadle. Um, I think he's amazing. Uh, who else is a great actor? Um. I'm starting to like Taraji P. Henson a lot more. Um, I was watching this movie. Uh, I forgot the name of it. It's a recent movie that just came out. It was about some um, uh, woman who's trying to integrate schools, and I thought she did amazing in that. And then she, uh, you ever seen um, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button? Yeah. Oh, I loved her in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll throw Taraji in there. We got one more. Who else I think is fucking dope? Um, Who you got for me? There's so many. Definitely. I I would give um because I can't think off the top of my head. I'll give it to Mike B. Michael B. Jordan. Oh wow! <laughs> I think he's pretty dope. Nah, I think he's pretty dope, and that's only because I've followed his career with Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Um. So I'll give it to him. So those are my top five. Obviously, that could change at any moment. Right. Um, directors. Um, yeah, this would be high. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Antoine Fuqua. Um, Training Day. I mean, that's like, that's like, classic. One, classic. Uh, Brooklyn's Finest. Like, just so many on his list. Um, that's like one of my favorite directors. Yeah. Um, David Fincher is another uh, director, favorite director of mine. He did uh, Gone Girl. He did Fight Club, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, he did Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um, just his style, like of filmmaking, how he likes to light his subjects, um, how he likes to block. Like blo- blocking is essentially like the choreography, like so how you move in a scene. So like if there's a table here, like and I got the camera pointed here, like why do I have you moving around the table this way instead of just moving this way? All that shit, like his blocking and all that stuff is just impeccable. So David Fincher is another favorite director of mine. Um, definitely gotta get, like I wanna put Spike on there, but like, I, like I'm, I'm doing it based on like the films that they've done, not necessarily the director, you know what I mean? 
So like Spike also did Chirac. So. He did Chirac, but we not we don't gotta talk about that. But like Spike is definitely like one of my favorite directors. But like sure. in terms of his like catalog of films, like definitely one. But I won't. I'm a I'm gonna put him at six on this list though. Um, definitely got to put Martin Scorsese in there. Like, Casino is like, that's my favorite movie. Like, I could literally watch Casino every day, all day. Like, that's just my favorite movie. Um, he also did, uh, Goodfellas, which is another favorite movie of mine. Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, you can, the list goes on. Uh, so how many is that? That's what? Three. three? Uh, another favorite director of mine. I got to give Ryan Coogler, uh, um, Actually, um, I got to put him on my list just because I followed his come up. And, like, yeah, I followed his trajectory tra- trajectory all the way from, like, when he was doing his short films. Right. Um, and I remember at the ABFF, like, seeing him win and stuff like that. And, like, to see him now, it's, like, like it's crazy. So definitely got to put him on there. Uh, who else? Who else can we throw on there? Uh, Stanley. Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Um, I mean, The Shining is, like, one of my favorite movies. Uh, so that's, you know, and those are, like, the directors who I try to, like, pay attention to uh, for, like, educational purposes, like how they like their, their subjects, how their directing style is, how the camera moves. Like, that's really whenever I'm watching their films, like, that's what I'm watching for, so. Word. Yeah, that was, that's, that's, a, that's a great list of both actors as well as um, directors, so definitely appreciate that. Um, I think my actors list will always like will always yeah, be changing. Yeah, I mean, the actors list always changes. I mean, except for Denzel. <laughs> Denzel, Denzel stays, like, yeah, he stays. stays. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, now we've gotten to this, the last segment of the podcast. Now this is gonna be disappointing, guys. I forgot this. It's all good. I forgot the cigar. And, I, and I'm going to tell you about which cigar I had because I love this cigar. This is, like, one of my favorite cigars. Like, this is a special podcast, and I literally just forgot it at home. But Quiet's kept this podcast was supposed to happen just for me, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? You know, I mean, I feel like I'm okay in forgetting the cigar with this, but um, what we were going to smoke, what, what we were going to have was the... Um, the Padrone series, 1926. Okay. Um, very good cigar. Uh, it's, Nicar- it's a Nicaraguan filler, blend binder, and wrapper. So it's a full factory location Nicaraguan cigar, which most Padrones are. Um, you know, it's very full, rich, um, and consistent. That's, okay. that's the most important part. It's consistent all the way through, I think. And then the, the, the one of the best parts about it is um, there's rich layers of cocoa and uh, mm-hmm. earth um, atop the core, so it's like a chocolate covered with chocolate covered espresso beans. Nice. And then there's a uh, dried cherry um, add into it there. It's, it's pretty solid. So um, I think it was cigar aficionados. I know it was in the top five this year. I want to say it was two or three this year. So definitely something that we're gonna be able to enjoy. Um, we'll. We'll get a couple of those, and we'll have those in the next week or so. But um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Cigars in the City. My man Chase, any last words? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, at Parker's Paradise, on Twitter, at Parker's Paradise. 
And um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Thank you for having me. No problem, no problem, my brother. And um, any date or so when the short film is dropping? Uh, we don't have a date, uh, uh, um, an actual date right now, but within the next like two weeks, we'll have something. So I'll okay. let you guys know. We'll make those follows on social media so you guys can get the dates. And um, we'll see you soon. Appreciate you. All right. All right, brother. This dog.